And hey, welcome to the Michelle Mission Two Men One Podcast. Every black film ever made. My name is Len, aka the Bat Triple. And as always, I'm joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams. Tonight, Vince, we've got guests in the building. We do indeed. Yes, we do we indeed. Do. Yes, we do. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are very, very, very happy and proud to have our friends in the studio today, Nikki Wright and Toya Haynes of the Unsung Unwrapped podcast. The formerly (laughs) known Unsung Unwrapped podcast. We'll get more into that later. Yes, yes, yes. And they are joining us this evening, ladies and gentlemen, to review one of Nikki's Favorite films of all time. All right. (laughs) All right. Perhaps maybe her first, definitely no lower than her third favorite film of all time, Vince. (laughs) Okay. Maybe two films better than this. Maybe Maybe two films. We'll have have to. Maybe. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. It's like Eve's Bayou and Car Wash. And then (laughs) it's 2006's. ATL, directed by Chris Robinson and starring in his feature film debut, Tip Harris, better known as the rapper T.I., as well as a Lauren London and Mm -hmm. a Michelle favorite Keith David. (laughs) (laughs) And Blink, and you might miss another Michelle favorite, Lynette McKee, in this film. As Always, we like to start the show welcoming, thanking each and every one of you out there who are watching us on uh, StreamYard. Hi, Toya. Hi, guys. Hi, Hi missionaries. Oh, they're waving. That's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. Farrell was the one I was worried about because, like, the name like Farrell, it just sounds like, you know, he could do things. Well, it's, it's regal. I know. <laughs> By definition. And he was the one that earlier said, whoa. And I was yeah. like, oh, oh man. But, but right. he said, we're doing it. Right. So, so let it be written. So, so let, let it be done. done. Yeah, you know what that's from? That's from the Ten Commandments. I, I know that. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> Is that better than ATL? Yes. Uh, nothing's better than God's word, so. <laughs> but it's a movie. Yeah, but I this know. is just Cecil DeMille and Charlton Heston. This is your attached, Anything that's attached to God's word right. always goes at, above. Goes above the eight to, yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. So the omen by is uh, is above ATL? I see. Now this is about to go completely dark. I, I'm, you <laughs> know what you I'm there. just saying. Like, right, right. By right. your definition, right. the omen would be better than ATL. I, I am concerned about things that happen in the book of Revelations. Okay. All right. I'm concerned. All right. All right. All right. All right. Hmm. What other movies can we put above? Uh, yeah. I was going to say Jacob's Ladder, but I don't know if anyone really liked Jacob's Ladder but me. I like Jacob's Ladder. Do you like I really like Jacob's I Ladder. I did like Jacob's Ladder. Jacob's Ladder, Ladder was different. good. Yeah. People don't talk about Jacob's Ladder. You ever notice Jacob's Ladder has disappeared? I know. It's yeah. completely gone from the lexicon. I yeah. understand it. As it should. Excuse me. No, ATL. Um, anyway. <laughs> I'm having fun. So, Nikki, this was your choice okay, for us to watch this. Um, but let me ask you, um, where 
where do movies fall uh, in your sphere as far as things that you like? Because Toya, who has been a frequent guest on our show, has made it known that she doesn't watch things. I don't watch things. And they still have me on. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. She mostly comes on for the banter before the movie. <laughs> My I new edition it. spreadsheets, you know, something right, like that. Right, 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 right. Yeah. But I love film. You do okay, love film? Okay, excellent. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, simply because... When I was in college, my degree is in English, so we had to study. Oh, English majors in the house. We had to study character development and plot and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the significance of settings, and you can appreciate the, the metaphors and all that. So I'm always looking for that in film. So when it comes to food on your plate, Vince. Okay, food on my plate. Food on your plate. All right. Do you prefer your food to touch or not to touch? It depends on the food. Mm-hmm. Now, as I've tried to avoid and let it be buried in all of the episodes, but now you force me to say it out loud again, and now it's on one of the newer episodes. I don't like greens. Okay. So yes, 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 Nick. I don't like greens. Oh my goodness, you don't like greens. Let's skip the part where you gonna tell me I didn't get. I haven't had good greens, and you got a big mama. <laughs> yeah, my greens. I, you you have yes. my greens, and yes. my big mama from the swamp uses unicorn tears, and you need to have her greens. Like, let's skip that part. I don't really like greens. Okay, but I'll eat them. Like I've had a fair amount of greens in mm-hmm. my life, and so that green juice, the the greens juice mm-hmm. on stuff. I don't like that. If it's something I do like, like gravy. Okay. Like gravy can go, like I've had gravy on macaroni and cheese and felt like appropriately enough a pharaoh. Like I felt like this is what Nubian rulers ate. Macaroni and cheese with gravy on. Like I felt like. It's for the elite. Right. Like I was looking out the window (laughs) and they were building pyramids in my honor. I was like macaroni and cheese with gravy on it. But um. I don't philosophically it, it it really is just sort of food mm. by food. Why are you a you I how, have, how do you feel about I have a thing when he mentioned cornbread and pot liquor. Mm-hmm. I have a thing where I do not like wet bread or wet food. Interesting. To the point like it physically makes me sick. It has to be some sort of phobia. I don't know what it's called. Is it just wet bread? It's wet bread. So okay. like I don't like but I don't like like liquid on cornbread either. So let's say if we're in a buffet or like we're all getting food and they have mm-hmm. like rolls, like dinner rolls, I will take a napkin and put it under the roll mm. and put it like on top of the plate, or I'll get like a separate plate. Like get a separate plate. But if that if if it touches like whether it's green bean juice, whatever, if it touches that roll, I will take a knife and I will cut and I, I can't even touch it. Okay, can I ask a question? Yeah. So is it thin liquid or like? If gravy is touching my roll, I'm just going to sop it up. <gasps> if spaghetti sauce is touching my breadstick, <gasps> I never knew that about you. Spaghetti sauce, so okay. That's why you have to have free talk. Spaghetti, free spaghetti sauce, like, like uh, spaghetti sauce I could take. Mm-hmm. But if it has to be like a thick spaghetti sauce. Yeah. It couldn't be like a marinara. Like no. you see how I'm touching like mm-hmm. my chest, like mm-hmm. I could like have a panic attack even thinking about it. Um, <laughs> so like it can't be like the juice of a tomato on No. Woo, I can't I do not I can't do wet bread at all. It freaks me out. So like but if it's the rest of the soul food, like the yams and the macaronis touching mm. and the gravy, like I could stir all that up and eat out mm-hmm. the bowl. I don't care. 
But that bread's going to be on a separate plate. Uh, Farrell Blackwell says that that pot liquor saved a lot of dry throats some, from some very offensive cornbreads. I, f- I, I feel like the missionaries are a large and varied group. Mm-hmm. So we should probably explain what pot liquor is. Pharaohs okay. explains it. Pot liquor is, okay. is from green. All right, that's right. I know. It. Yeah, so that's what pot liquor. Right. Yes, Jeffrey, I see you. Yeah, so it's no way it's, it's like the broth that would be in the greens. Right. Oftentimes, the meat that mm-hmm. has been used in the sea season the greens is also in it, and and pot liquor traditionally has been like for an ailment, and then people sometimes eat it. No, yeah. it's good. It's like soup. Mm-hmm. It is. That's how I know if I'm making greens. That's how I know the greens are yeah. on time. If I, that's how that's how mom taught me. Yeah. Like, you taste the pot liquor. Taste the pot liquor. That tastes good. Then you know the greens mm-hmm. are good. Like you know. And, and what's it's your happening. what's your meat of choice? Because of my brother, my brother is vegetarian, so I had to learn to make it without meat. Okay. And it's been really good. Okay. But uh, usually, if I'm if I'm not making it for him, like just my mom and me or somebody else, whatever, um, turkey wings. Turkey wings. Turkey so wings. you go or turkey hard. Necks. I'm sorry. I was about, oh, about to say turkey. turkey. Yeah. Turkey, turkey wings fall apart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You cook them in the yeah. greens and it, the little bones or whatever mm-hmm. when it starts to break down. So yeah. I use turkey. Turkey neck is what I meant. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what I meant. Bougie. Bougie. Bougie Negroes. We're just trying to live just a little mm-hmm. bit longer. Just mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I made some y'all too good for a ham hock like nope. for a ham hock in there listen that, that ham the, hock the, the fat back let that meat fall off the hock I like turkey though I like I like. I ain't ate, I, I haven't eaten pork in like twenty years, but I just you, you know it's like if you know I there, like that, throw a like, ham hock in there and let that hand that hock. Now my green fall. beans, I make some what you call it like with brown bacon. sugar bacon green beans, mm. and I'll make that. That's good with the bacon drippings. I like that. Actually, I'm, I said bougie and meat. I actually had a pretty intense argument Do you put okra in your okay. with. Who was I arguing with? It may have been my brother where I saw something that said that oxtails were bougie neck bones. <laughs> and I resented that. Well, the price of them makes it feel well, like Well, the price is crazy. Great. But I felt like there's more meat on an oxtail than neck bones. Like, I do remember neck bones oh, yeah. being a lot of work and not a lot of meat. Whereas you get an oxtail right, that's a, that's a fair amount of meat. It is. Jeffrey Thomas asked Toya, do you put okra in your greens? I have never. Mm. The only thing I ever mix in my greens is like I might mix like collards and, and mustard. Right, right. Different types of greens. Um, but I've never. Like I haven't done ca- ha- cabbage, okay. but I know my mom has it's delicious. Mm. And we've done ca- actually kale and collard greens we've done together. And that's been really good. But I've never done okra in greens. I, I haven't heard of that. Eating anything that looks like it came out your nose. I love okra, but I don't fault people who don't like okra. I get it. It's a texture. Yeah, it is. It's It's very much. So you don't like fried okra? I don't. I don't eat okra. Okay. Because as a kid, I saw what it looked like and I said I would never. I think I I think it's a window. I think it's an okra. I think it's an okra window. I think it's an okra window. windows. I, no, it, it is. I, like, we were talking about eggs. Like I, I have a theory that that mm. pe- that there's a window for eggs, mm-hmm. and like you eat your eggs the way you eat them when you got into that that window. Close the window, and then yeah. once that window is closed, like you're not eating eggs a new way. Oh well, why don't you eat them? Well, I, I'm not. I don't do new eggs. 
So I was that was that was a reference to that. That's so because we, I eat eggs more than one way. I did look. I wasn't going. To, I wasn't going to talk about you being a serial killer. And I'm putting together the portfolio. But yes, it is weird that you just eat willy nilly eggs. Not willy nilly <laughs> eggs. I, I'll eat eggs fried. I'll uh-huh. eat them scrambled. You said occasionally side up. Yeah, oil. occasionally I like like you name like yes. four, five different ways you ate eggs, yes. I, and that's weird. How many ways do you eat eggs? Boiled, <laughs> scrambled, omelet. I guess that's it. Which, which is scrambled. Yeah, scr- scrambled. So, so two. Yeah. Okay. Two. Nikki? Zero. You, you don't eat eggs at all? No, they're disgusting. Mm-hmm. Did you eat eggs as a kid? Absolutely not. So your window was open and then Nikita. your window closed. And my mouth is started to multiply. Mm-hmm. Spit it mm-hmm. out. It's horrible. Right. And how long have you eaten eggs scrambled and boiled? Oh, since I was like, since, a little kid. Since you were a kid. Since my parents were making me breakfast. There was a window. Yeah. Now that window's closed. Yeah. I could never do a runny egg. And how about it? So a sunny side up egg? Woo! No. Fried egg? No, no, no. Don't want it. Mm-hmm. You don't know why? Because the window it. closed. That's that's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying, Lynn. Okay. Well, my window closed and I, I had a nice smorgasbord of eggs. I, I think that's happy. that's cool. Cool. And it's healthy, and as more more than one person does that, okay. If and you they're say, not all cereal. Hey, killers. if you say so. Look. Cheese or no cheese? Cheese. Yeah. I don't have to have cheese. I don't mind it. But if it's good, I don't need cheese. But yeah, I'd rather if I have it. a choice. What exactly is scrambled? Something that, that you don't want to know. It's the yeah, scraps. Yeah. It's you the literal scraps. My wife loves scrapple, and they make turkey scrapple here in Philadelphia, and that is like. Her greatest breakfast treat, turkey really? scrapple. Mm. Yeah. She also fried hard on people. toast. Mm. You know, I Sorry. figure it's the way black people learned how to survive. Oh yeah, mm. you know. I mean, I don't eat spam, but I'll eat scrapple. I mean, I, mean, I tried spam once. I why would anybody want to do that to themselves? That's a survival food. I, that's like, yeah, but you don't break out of it because my grandparents on my father's side, I would go to their house. Some people don't. And they just, you know, they had money. And there was like this fake meat in a can. I was confused. Why would you do that? I mean, but you acquired the taste. Yeah, I mean, Hawaiians like love it. And they're, you yeah. know, what is it? Like Polynesians well, love it. You're, you're, I mean, you know, I, I, mean, I eat chitlins, so. Oh. There you go. Wait a minute. You don't like oh. anything that looks like it came out of somebody's nose, but you'll eat chitlins? Because. I was because I was introduced to it a window as a child. Window, window, the window, the window. So, and I don't eat just anybody's chitlin for obvious reasons. And my grandmother, when she went on to glory, there's a place in Atlantic City, um, Kelsey and Kim's, yeah, Kelsey's, or yeah, like in November they do chitlins, and I'll drive to Atlantic City just to get it. Other than that, I don't. It's like black people's caviar. Everybody doesn't like caviar, and I just feel like chitlins are black people's caviar. Whoa, whoa, that's a leap. <laughs> that's a that's a bit of a leap. I mean, I think there's an argument there. It's if you think about it, it's not something you eat often, right? It's a lot of work into it. A lot of work. Not a lot of work into caviar. I think yeah, yeah getting them eggs. Get like those eggs. Yeah, I think yeah. yeah, getting the eggs. Like you, like you don't just get caviar. I don't know. Like cleaning chitlins was an all day process. For I don't eat caviar like that. You can clean chitlins all day, and they still can't be clean enough. That's the listen, thing. They'll listen. never be clean. They'll never be clean. My grandmother cleaned them and cleaned them, and I made sure that I never went over to her house while she was cleaning them because I knew I would never Ugh. eat it if right, I actually right. saw the process. But on Thanksgiving. Like, we would fight for it. I don't want the pig feet. Mm. I don't want 
But the the chitlins, yeah. I've never had them, but the way people eat after them, I just assume they're delicious. Oh, you've never tasted them? I've never tasted chitlins. Uh-huh. It's sort of the same thing. I had, um, I was, you know, both of my parents are Southern, so I, it, like chitlins were around, mm-hmm. but I think I was like six or seven, and I went, and my mother told me what chitlins were, and then that was the end of me and chitlins. I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. It was just on the table. I liked the little hit of the vinegar in there, mm-hmm. and um, she would season them really nicely, and- I miss my grandmama. You know, I know Jesus was Jewish, but I'm hoping there's a non-kosher part of heaven. So when I get there, <laughs> I'm going to need Minnie to hook me up with some chitlins. My mom tried it one New Year's one New Year's day because she figured, you know, we should at least, different street for Louisiana. We mm-hmm. always had black eyed peas and everything for New Year's. Yeah, but this one year, she was like, I just think that y'all should experience. She never had to do that again. <laughs> never saw it again we were fine we experienced it it is what it is don't ever bring that back up in here we're fine there is a famous williams family story where my father asked my mother to make some chitlins and my mother said i'm not making chitlins and my father made a big old tub of chitlins for a super bowl party so he had this big old trough, you know, that is made, made the chitlins, made chitlins. And my mother talked bad about them chitlins and <laughs> stinking up the house yeah, and this, that, and the, the other, and this, that, and the other all day. And at the, the Super Bowl party, you, you know, the families came, you know, it's a party. And the men went like, like our, the, 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 the TV was in the basement, you, mm-hmm. you know, where we socialize and stuff. And all the men went into the basement. And took, you know, the chitlins with them. And it was like this big old pot of chitlins. And it was a little pot of chitlins. And the women stayed upstairs in the kitchen and talked. Mm-hmm. While the men were downstairs talking. You know, watching uh, the Super Bowl and drinking and eating chitlins. At halftime, they came back upstairs to get more chitlins. And the smaller pot of chitlins that was upstairs in the kitchen was mysteriously gone. <laughs> <laughs> and all these women stood in the kitchen looked around and nobody had any answers and my there dad no had answers. talked about that for years <laughs> like they talked and I know them chitlins right I know them chitlins was gone when we came back up for them but you know it's what's, not my ministry but. what's that um <sighs> is it sow's meat sow's oh sow's so, Absolutely, sauce. My aunt, my late aunt, sauce, head day. cheese. Oh yeah. I was like, she was like, it's like a gel. Uh-huh. That's like, right. No. Eat it with saltine crackers. No. What, whoa, 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 whoa. What is what is sauce? Sauce is it? Look, it's all scraps. So sauce is scraps of pork, and they put it. it somehow there is a gelatin that it goes into, and 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 they season it. And you eat it oftentimes with the the way my people ate it was with saltine crackers. So it was like it's sauce and head cheese. And I think there's a difference, but I don't know. But I've had sauce before and that was good. Like we'd go down south. Like there were certain things when we went down south, I knew we were down south. So like peach knee high, sauce, head cheese. (laughs) My dad, it was a spot where we got my dad would get a pig ear sandwich. Oh, my gra- my grandfather used to get that. And a pig ear sandwich was a pig ear, yep. two pieces of white bread, and some hot sauce. That's yeah. it. And that you hear it. and you hear the crunch. That was it. What's the crunch from? From the cartilage in the ear. Yeah. Yeah. Cornell? Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. My grandfather used to sell them out of this was the one like pig sandwich mm-hmm. he sold out yep. of his out of his shop, his store in uh, South Philly. Yep, pig ear sandwich. Now, I've also never I, like I never really had any of that. Like I had sauce, I had head cheese. I ain't have any of this other stuff. My brother and my sister ate more of it than I did. Uh, pickled pig feet or yes. pig feet just like in a pot, like they stew it almost. I don't know if I've had pickled. I think so. I guess I've only had it from the pot. Right, yeah, right. So I don't so, think I've had. So it you never like took it out the jar. Nah, n- okay. no, right. no. And and trust me, I had it out the pot the one time, and I said I don't need to have this again. I'm I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> Look, people I'm that fine. like pig feet love pig feet. Oh, yeah. oh my mom had yeah, to make people it that like pig feet three love pig feet. Once every three months, mm-hmm. I knew that I needed to stay out of the house all day because mm-hmm. it was going to be stank. Mm-hmm. In the whole house, and she made pig feet and chitlins, and she was inviting all her sisters mm-hmm. over. Hog moss, they hog did. moss, all that. All that. Chitlins, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, all that, mm-hmm. all that. Dog. And then, and then the next day, my mom would double down because she would make liver, and I hate liver, but she would fake you out. I like liver because she would make the liver, but she would also make bacon that she would wrap around the liver. Mm-hmm. So it would be a fake out because the bacon was was smell so good. But then when you bite into it wrapped around the liver, then you're biting in the liver. And it's just, it was, it was like punishment. And it was like, ew, this is disgusting. That sounds like betrayal. It is betrayal. I used to like, I used to like liver. <laughs> you're so passionate. I would uh-huh. feel betrayed. I used to like liver and onions. Liver, my mom used to make liver and onions and it smelled like steak to me. Mm-hmm. And I remember like, oh, my mom's making steak. Betrayal. And I came downstairs, I'm so excited. I'm like, it's steak. And I took one bite and I was like, this is betrayal. If Why it's not, eat it? yeah. If it's not right, it's not right. But yeah, somebody like like some some people can get it right. My mother could get it right, and I like liver and onions and gravy, grits and gravy. The gravy would be chicken livers, chicken livers. See, see, my, gravy. My grandmother, my grandmother was would would make that, but. It, it it would just she knew that I didn't like liver so right. she would just sprinkle just the just the gravy the gravy mm-hmm. on on my grits but yes 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 that was banging um RM on YouTube says that his mom would f up some pig feet and lima beans over rice like okay. I don't mess with lima beans I think lima beans oh, I love lima beans lima beans belong with peas as the worst thing on on earth really on earth on earth on earth true story true story. This is from the the this it, it was in the Bible before it was excised by the Catholics. The reason why Adam actually took a bite of the forbidden fruit mm-hmm. from Eve, mm-hmm. it was because he was trying to get the taste of, of lima, lima beans, beans out of it. <laughs> that tracks. That True tracks. Story. True story. It's, it's apocryphal, but it was in there. Um, let's get into. The Unsung Unwrap. Yes, yes. The story of Unsung Unwrap, which is the podcast that Toya and Nikki started, where they were actually reviewing Mm -hmm. the episodes of TV One's Unsung. And you actually did it for two seasons. We did. We did. And it was a fun show. Yeah. You actually, Mm -hmm. um, you you noted that the greatest episode Mm -hmm. of Unsung was their um, story of the DeBarge family. Yes. And you recently just reviewed that episode of mm-hmm. Unsung, and mm-hmm. I know that's your most recent episode. Our most recent episode, uh, yeah. Is that up? 
It's up now. I love that episode. That episode was good. Artist development. Artist development. <laughs> it wasn't no artist development. It was just me. It was just me. <laughs> oh my God. I love the DeBarge family so much. I love I love their stories so, so much. It's it's like it's so heartbreaking, but it was such a meaty episode. And we even we discussed. I said, I didn't. I don't think I realized that Elder Barge wasn't in the episode. And I'm a big Elder Barge fan, but I remember watching it and not like being so enthralled by this story that it didn't dawn on me till like 40 minutes in. I was like, wait, Elder Barge has not showed up at all. No, because he's the one that says the artist development thing. No, but he's not. He's, he's not incarcerated. At, at he's, the not, time. he's not in the episode. He's not in he's, the episode. Okay. I see. Like, he's not speaking like Bunny. And right, like, right, yeah. right. And, and James, who looks fantastic. Mm. Bless. I mean, compared to the rest of them. Compared well, to I mean, Bunny looks okay. Yeah, but James looked like he actually has some type of income coming in, which kind of spoke to the apocryphal theories of. They all look James like they were him. battling, as they admitted, yes. still oh, battling I mean, their demons. Yeah. Well, you know. Um, but th- that's the most recent yeah. episode of Unsung Unwrapped. But yeah. f- from what I understand, there's a change. There <gasps> is a change. Breaking news. Breaking news. Okay, so we announced that that was our season finale, but also the last episode of Unsung Unwrapped, as we know. Okay. We actually changed it because what we realized, particularly during the pandemic, is that, first of all, we don't know when Unsung is coming back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And also, uh, the show started because Nikki and I talk about these types of shows all the time. So we figure, why don't we just talk about more things? Why don't we talk about like the Mary J. Blige documentary, the Quincy Jones mm. documentary? So it's not just going to be, it's not going to be unsung, unwrapped anymore. It is going to be. It's the after show after party. The after show after party. Oh, so we still keep the, um, no, alliteration is for consonants. Assonance. Yes. English major, stand up. Boom. I love alliteration assonance. I love mm-hmm. I love stuff like that. So yeah, the after show after party. So we'll be able to discuss not only Unsung, but mm-hmm. also there's a documentary series called A Closer Look, which the first episode is on Ralph Tresvent. So you know. <laughs> you know I had so much to say about that because I was so excited that someone has given Ralph his spotlight, his props for an entire episode of something. Of something. <laughs> Are you allowed within a thousand feet of Ralph Tresvon? Like, how does that work legally? Um, there's a statute of limitations. Oh, oh, okay, all right. And so right, I, right, right. I think I, I think I should be. By the time they arrive to Vegas, everything should be cleared up. Got you, got you, got you. God bless the legal yeah. system. Yeah, everything should be cleared up by Vegas. All right. Yeah. Mm. So what, what what are we looking forward to on on the show? What I mean, besides the Ralph mm-hmm. Tresvon episode, I want to do the um, Brian McKnight one. The Brian, mm. Brian yeah. McKnight, what, what is it? A documentary? Or okay, so so on the same, it's a closer doc look. Series, a closer mm-hmm. look. Mm-hmm. They actually do Brian McKnight, and I had so many questions, Woo. and I just learned like you have to separate. In the time of R. Kelly, you can you have to understand you have to separate the artist, the music mm-hmm. from who the artist is as a human being, and all of a sudden you start realizing I don't know if I like you as a person. Mm. Yeah. And watching the Brian McKnight when I was like, I don't know if I like you as a person. Really? Yeah. Mm. Well, I, I, I see. I don't know the Brian McKnight story. Like, what it, what is it about Brian McKnight's personal life that seems to have turned you off the man? Brian McKnight loves Brian McKnight. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. 
I mean, <laughs> I thought that was always evident in everything. I think it. I think it just goes to show that it, it you can be you can write the most beautiful love songs, mm-hmm. and it has nothing to do with your personal life. Mm-hmm. and how you treat how you are in a relationship right? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know you can mm-hmm. and that it, it's very evident i think not just in his episode but i mean you can see so many of our songwriters within music that have written the most amazing amazingly beautiful love songs have just had really trash relationships <laughs> so, and it's crazy like to, to think about so i and you know it's just it's kind of odd i know what music soul child I was like, you know, I love music soul mm-hmm. child. Yeah. And he writes some beautiful love songs. And he was like in a in an interview and they were like, Are you writing, you know, from your past experiences? He was like, No. Yeah. Like, I was like, wait a minute, you mean this isn't like pouring from your heart? He's like, No. No, it's nothing to do with me. And I'm like, I, I don't uh. Yeah. Because as a woman, you you want to believe that this is coming from a man's heart yeah. and that he's just I was disappointed. Yeah. So these are the kind of things that we talk about because we don't just talk about the music, but we talk about, you know, the questions that we have and how they Mm -hmm. kind of go into everyday life. And you find out, you know, the songs that you love so much came from this situation here. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we wanted to expand, uh, go from unsung unwrapped to the after show after party. Okay. That sounds cool. Yes. Yes. So when, when are we, when are we thinking this is going to launch? Uh, In the fall. Okay. All right. So it'll be soon. It'll be in all the right. Oh, cool. Um, Janine is like, all right. The after show after party. She is. In <laughs> Do y'all like that name? Thank you. Because we just came up with it. Not like, I mean, not like on the way over here, but I mean, we. <laughs> We, you know, we we wanted to do something that involves, you know, everyone to be able to talk about it. It's a part. Right. It's an after show after party with us where everybody can discuss. Okay. All right. I like it. Yeah. I, I, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. It's pretty dope. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. All right. Awesome. Will the episodes be on the TV One app? No. It is actually apart from TV One. We're not affiliated with TV One yet. Ooh. But. <laughs> Uh-oh. Ooh. Yet. Just put that out in the atmosphere. Um, but no, it won't be on the TV One app, but you'll be able to listen to it anywhere that you listen to podcasts. So anywhere that you listen to Michelle Mission, you should be able to listen to, uns- oh, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. the After Show After Party. But right now it's under Unsung Unwrapped. So all our social media is still under there. We'll be switching things over very soon. So you can join us there until we switch everything over and come with us, please. And, and my wife did text me and say I had mixed up my DeBarge stuff i was thinking about that wonderful debarge article in i think it was vibe it was vibe i knew what you were referencing vibe from which i keep with all of my like reference books Mm -hmm. because every now and then i have to go and read the profile of the debarge family it's disturbing it is that's what prepared me for the tv one episode i think Mm -hmm. had i not read that prior i would have i mean i was devastated anyway but i would have been a complete mess did it boggle your mind? Like, like, how was the Bobby DeBarge story so bad? You mean the movie? Yeah. We we like, talk about that. We. How do you mess that up? Like, 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 you can throw a dart and make a great DeBarge family story. No, it's very easy to mess up a movie. That never happened. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like House Party Three. Yeah. I have no recollection. <laughs> what are you talking about? No recollection. Sorry. It's, it's very easy to make to mess up a, a movie. So. But to go from TV One doing such an outstanding job on the DeBarge episode mm-hmm. to do so poorly 
with the Bobby DeBarge, like it. The Bobby DeBarge biopic. Well, but but there's the difference. The TV one unsung mm-hmm. is memorable because of how transparent mm-hmm. the DeBarges were mm-hmm. in yeah. there. So it really is memorable because of them, yeah, right? and because of how open they were about you know the the battles that they fought mm-hmm. and and their family fought, you know, from the very beginning. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's heartbreaking yeah. when they, and, and I think y'all mentioned it on, on your episode because I, I did listen to it, when they talk about how they realized they couldn't rely on their mother yeah. to save them yeah. from yeah. abuse yeah. from their father yeah. because of the abuse that she, she was suffering. Yeah. Yeah. She, oh, yeah. she was scared of him too. So, yeah. yeah. You know? So it, that's memorable because of them. But then mm. when you go to a biopic, now you're putting that into the hands of creatives. Creatives who are hired on whatever budget TV One is putting mm. forth for a biopic. Yeah. And that that doesn't bode very Yeah, well. this was not a new edition story budget. I was about to say. It was not a Clark Sisters budget. It wasn't even mm. a Mickey Howard budget. That was a good one. I like that. Exactly. The Mickey mm. Howard story was mm. pretty good. So... You remember that? Did y'all watch Natalie Cole? Yeah. We're, we're halfway through. She plays herself. Yeah. She, <laughs> takes, she takes the suitcase. Yeah. From, yeah. And they pass it one to the next. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and now it's Natalie Cole. Yeah. Was not that. Was First not of that. It was It was not flexed as Michael Jackson. It was not level. So it's like on a scale of. <laughs> Jackson. On a scale of New Edition, which right, I still think right, is the best. Right. It is. It's the yeah. best. The best. On a scale one. of new biopic, television don't, biopic. Don't start with me today. Like, I'm sorry. I'm not about to say I mean, that. It's, my the hands best <laughs> it's not better than The Temptations or oh. Jackson's yeah. on American uh, Family. It's not better than either of those. It's good. I don't know. I, right I, I feel it's up there. You know why I think it's oh, up there to man. me? Leon playing mm. playing Dennis Edwards mm. is is Everything. is iconic. When, just like ain't nobody coming to see Otis. <laughs> ain't nobody watching see? the movie. See? To see? See? <laughs> see? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But on on this okay, on the scale of the temptations to flex is Michael Jackson. <laughs> Well, that is fantastic, fine. and I'm Thank very you. much looking for. I love this kind of thing. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right, and and uh, Deborah Deborah found mm-hmm. unsung unwrapped on Stitcher. Hey, hey thank you, Deborah. I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, listen to it. Listen to it. Enjoy all of their episodes. Listen to the barge. <laughs> listen to the barge. But I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, you will not believe this is how good they are at podcasting. They made an episode about what's that boy's name? Bobby Valentino. Bobby <laughs> Valentino. I knew it. I knew it. They made <laughs> a whole episode a unsung about Bobby Valentino, and they made it, and it was good. It's Those so- are uh, the most interesting ones. Sometimes, though, like the sort of random yes. ones. We were very transparent. It was. We a, were, it was a different. That type was of episode. a difficult. <laughs> they literally crazy. stopped in the middle of the show, like. Wait a minute. <laughs> Half the show is us talking about why was this even made, right? Mm. You know, and that's why I think that's why we call it the after after party because we want people to chime in with us and mm-hmm. go, "Okay, wait a minute, is it just us, 
Or, you know, when you discuss it with other people, you find out that they're thinking the same thing. I have friends that will live text me as they're listening mm-hmm. and they'll ask me questions or they'll say, I was thinking the same thing or I didn't know that. Like, those are the kind of discussions that we we like that. But that Bobby Valentino one, I have friends that were like, "You y'all are really having a hard, <laughs> not having a hard time, but like. You're you're seeing why it does not make sense, but the fact that we just came out and we were like, this ain't it. Mm. This this was not it. It's really fun. I mean, it was fun. Though. I mean, I think one of my favorites is always going to be Christopher Williams. Oh yeah, yeah. because That's of the one. dismissing the glass quote. Like yeah, I dismiss the glass, and he looks so pretty, and then you realize he's a thug. Yeah, like the, the thug, barge like kids, the they fight. Don't sleep yeah. on them. Don't sleep. They fight. And keep their hair pretty and still bust you upside your mouth. Well, I mean, look, (laughs) a lot of them dudes been fighting since they were like four. Yeah, true. (laughs) Like pretty dudes and gay dudes. You can't like you can't really take them for bad just out the box because get your feelings hurt. They've been people been trying them since they were four. You will enjoy the Drew Hill episode being from Maryland (laughs) because we do talk about them at the fudgery. (laughs) Yes, it was the fudgery. Sing at the fudgery. So. Clown ass nigga. <laughs> white folks. What come just on, happened? Come on, give some fudge. They did Ozzy what they had to do. They did. It, no, it doesn't. That is work at the post office. Do. It was work at the post office. I would love to have gone and seen that. That would have been hot though. Cisco. If it was Cisco, I don't even eat chocolate, but I'd be there. Speaking of podcasts, I want to invite you all, since you're all looking up podcasts, to check out a new podcast that hit on um, all of the podcast catchers just yesterday, I believe, Mm -hmm. actually. Yes. It's called The King of Crenshaw. It's a four-part series on the life and legacy of L.A. rapper Nipsey Hussle, told through the lens of his close relationships with several NBA players. Listen to all four episodes of this 30 for 30 podcast series, The King of Crenshaw uh, at SiriusXM, Pandora, Stitcher, or any place that you find podcasts. This show is executive produced by Joanne Griffith, who is a loyal friend of the Michelle Mission. Absolutely. And we are very excited for um, her. I, I don't believe this is her debut. Um, yeah, I wouldn't ESPN say debut, podcast, but, but yeah. This is one that she definitely meant a lot for her living yes. in the LA area and the story of Nipsey Hussle I actually mm-hmm. you know was not aware of how you know prominent this mm-hmm. this guy was in this yeah. fear of of hip hop you know um and checking out the the podcast it was very enlightening it was very I, I I enjoyed it a great deal so check out the king of Crenshaw everywhere that you find podcasts all right all right all right also ladies and gentlemen we want to invite you that soon and very soon the michelle mission will be beginning the road to 300 and we invite you to email your suggestions for films that vince and i should be reviewing from episode 275 all the way up to 300 email your suggestions to michellemission at gmail.com um, we look forward to checking out all of them as we make our list I have already begun compiling my list of films as have I <laughs> we'll have to compare exactly mm-hmm. all right um, so let's get into our review of ATL we'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages 
be talking about choice. Choice. I know what I'll be doing this summer. I'll be getting paid. You really want to be gas? It's all part of the game, young buck. Man, you ain't nobody's dead. I'm trying to make it out. Y'all slackers better figure out what y'all gonna do. Down in the ATL. I guess you just gonna fake it till you make it, huh? Let's slow it down a little bit. Uh -huh. Yo, man, you all right? Never feel comfortable on this side of town. Man, kind of how I feel about our neighborhood. Thanks for the ride. Wait, my mama raised me way better than that. Just gonna have to wait here together. Been saving this for three years now. Been saving for what? So you can get out of here. Man, it's John Garnett, the millionaire. Invited me to dinner. You can have the whiz in the hallway. I'll take the Picasso. It's all on the line. You've got talent. You know about that. I wish you could see what I see. What you rolling on, 24s? Man, I need to get myself one of these. Take a ride with your boy. Come on. You've been lying about where you've been going and who you've been with? You special. Special, huh? Believe me, I'm going to make it, and I won't forget where I come from. One thing you should learn, it's not always what you know. Sometimes it's who you know. You want to work, right? OK, we're going to see. You ain't got to be a dope boy to have money. Speed time. I just want you to recognize the difference between what you feel and what's real. I guess just because your head big don't make you smarter, huh? Then y'all gonna go to jail stealing. I ain't playing with you, bro. You just gonna ruin your life for a few dollars? I believe in you even when you're too stupid to believe in your damn self. I always get it right when I follow my heart. That way you don't look back with a bunch of regret. ATL as four friends prepare for life after high school. Different challenges bring about turning points in each of their lives centered at the local roller skating rink Cascade featuring the film directorial debut of music video director Chris Robinson and starring hip-hop artist T.I. credited as Tiff Harris in his film debut. ATL also stars Lauren London, McKellatai Williamson, Keith David, mm. Lynette McGee, and also Big Boy from the group Outcast. In this film, ATL, which is brought to you today on the Michelle Mission by our good friends Toya Haynes, and even more to the point, Nikki Wright. My girl. And she presents her third favorite film of all time. <laughs> Nikki. What say you of ATL? Okay, so Marseille Martin from Blackish, right? Mm -hmm. Played by Yen. Yeah. She has her own production company. Mm -hmm. And she said that she's not making any films about black pain because that's not where she is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. When I watch ATL, it reminds me of that. And what I mean is I grew up on New Jack City and Juice and set it off and i love those films set it mm -hmm. off i can only watch once because it just takes me to a different place mm -hmm. but that's not all to black life right and right. i believe that there are going to be people who never meet us or anybody that looks like us and we have to be very careful in how we portray us as a people 
especially African-American males. So mm-hmm. when you have ATL, you have young males who are trying to make a decision about their future, who are showing work ethics, uh, a work ethic, who are having fun. Mm-hmm. And in a time when we kind of criminalize, like the society criminalize, criminalizes African-American teens and young people, this shows a different spin on our community. Yeah. That's why I love ATL. Yeah. I can I can refer that most definitely. And thank you, Ms. McKeever, for the correction on the pronunciation of Michael T. Williamson's uh, name. Uh, I appreciate appreciate that. Um, and I can appreciate what, what you're saying, because that is one of the things that stands out about this film, uh, having watched it. And and it and um, that while it does have some some there is some dark in there you know there's mm-hmm. some criminality in there at all it 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 in no way permeates the movie in no, no way coats the movie yeah. at, at at all um and i was actually pleasantly surprised uh by that in this in this film especially considering how steeped it it is in the southern culture and southern hip hop mm-hmm. um and in with T.I. as the lead, considering, you know, the 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 style of hip hop that he was producing at the time. So I actually did appreciate that. Toya, what, what you got to say? I uh, agree with Nikki. I, I remember when we started watching it and me, it's weird. It's like, I'm like, are we traumatized? Is PTSD or something? Because I remember thinking, I don't want to get too attached to these characters because somebody's going to die. Mm-hmm. Who's going to die in this movie? Mm-hmm. Right, you right, know. Right, right, right. Um, and I'm t- I don't want to watch anything else like that. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to watch. I don't want to get attached to a Ricky that's going to, you know, or or in Cooley High or you know. Like, I just did not want that. Um, so I was so glad. Spoiler alert! I mean, you're listening to a movie review, so there's going to be some spoilers mm-hmm. clearly, but um, that that did not happen. Also, to Nikki's point, as someone that grew up with John Hughes movies and mm. loving coming of age films um, because we got to see other cultures, white people, we got to see them be multifaceted, mm. you know, be nerds, be jocks, be punks, be all kinds of things. We didn't grow up seeing us as multifaceted. So I really loved this movie that the particularly the men or the, the boys because they were teens in this movie to see how different they were like i loved brooklyn's character so much like i just mm, yeah, i did yeah. i love brooklyn i loved his personality you know i loved that they were all different but they were all friends they weren't the same and it just showed some some depth and just something you know different mm-hmm. about each one that we don't and some sensitivity mm-hmm. in that how they all came together and they're like, look, we're boys. We need to work this out. We don't see that a lot. And so I was really happy to see that in this film. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of goes to the fact that Antoine Fisher wrote it or mm-hmm. co-wrote it, either mm-hmm. wrote it or co-wrote it. It's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, it was his story. And then it was adapted into. Well, no, I heard it was based on. I heard two different things. I heard that. But then I also heard it was based on Dallas, Dallas Austin, Austin and T-Boz. And their experiences in Atlanta. But whatever the case is, Antoine put a pin to it. Yeah. And so Mm -hmm. when you go back and look at the Antoine Fisher story, you see a man that has sensitivity that is working through some things. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't too far fetched for me to see characters with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you see the bridge between, as you're talking about Brooklyn, 
the north, right? That uh-huh. northern flair and that southern flair because there's like this, um, oh gosh, there's this conversation that they're having and in the Waffle House, which is yeah. traditionally a Southern kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. You know, yes, although I did find one in Delaware. But but he says something like, um, you know, Brooklyn says, why do you, like, keep calling me shorty? Like, I'm taller than you. I'm taller, right? taller than you. And then, and then T.I. is like, you know, why do people from New York say son at the end of everything? Right, right. And money or B. And, <laughs> and anybody who's from the North is like, oh, yeah, we sure do. Sure do. Mm-hmm. So there's a connection. For the Southerners mm-hmm. and for the Northerners. And if you're in the Midwest, I don't know. I can't really help you about that, you know. But, <laughs> yeah, it, there's this. We're different, mm-hmm. but we're alike enough that we can be friends and respect each other and help each other develop. Yeah. You know what I liked about that scene most of all is that, and then I'll, I'll get to you, Vince, because I, I know you haven't uh, spoken up yet. But what I liked about that scene is that it felt organic mm-hmm. it felt That's authentic right. it didn't because sometimes you know dialogue like that can feel staged you know it can feel f- false it doesn't feel like it act- actually would come from their mouths mm-hmm. and this felt like authentic in the moment the way that it played out the the acting like you said the camaraderie between the mm-hmm. between the friends um it felt felt real um and that actually was you know, smartly, Chris Robinson, known for doing music videos, mm-hmm. this is his feature film. Yes, do. yes, it is. He knew that that, w- that was key to this film. Mm-hmm. So he had all of these actors get together and spend time together yeah. and develop a rapport with one another, which helped make all of that dialogue and their time and how they related to one another feel that much more real. And mm-hmm. thus, you were... Um, were invested and engaged in their relationship that much more. So that that's a, another smart tell from this guy who, you know, it's come from music videos. All you got to mm-hmm. do is just like choreograph the, the, the words to the, to the movement. Mm-hmm. No, he actually took time to study how to get that story across. Go ahead. Vince. Yeah, actually, uh, that that's a good transition. You talking about his directing mm-hmm. because as much as I, I agree with everything that y'all said about the positive depiction and the humanity. But I I always like, I very quickly get real kind of about when we talk about our art in those terms being Mm. positive and, 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 you know, the imagery, because frankly, that that's where you end up with a lot of our stuff that isn't necessarily the best quality. Mm. It's just real positive. Okay, I see. I see what you're saying. So I really want to talk about this. is a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is a really really solid movie. You talked about Chris Robinson's direction coming from the world of video. I think his direction is spot on. Yep. Like what I kept writing from the very beginning, the way he establishes Atlanta. Yes. Yes. And mm-hmm. modern Atlanta. That that. Opening over over um Georgia over Georgia and Ludacris mm-hmm. is is amazing where you get that scene after scene the pool the yes. couple of times at the skating rink mm-hmm. both on Sunday night and old people old people night, night. that's right 
the Waffle House. Yes. Yeah. The high school that T.I. And, and the rest of his boys go to. This is such an amazing sense of place mm -hmm. that you mm -hmm. get with Atlanta. I think the script is fantastic. I loved this script speaking to the camaraderie between the boys, mm -hmm. the camaraderie between Nunu and the twins. Mm -hmm. Yes. The relationship between the twins and here's something. I think this is my favorite Tasha Smith performance. Oh, yes. I love Tasha. Yeah. Yeah. The relationship bit between goes a long the way. twins <laughs> and their mother. The wonderful relationship between Michael T. Williamson and these two boys. The relationship between the two brothers, Ant and um, T.I.'s character. Rashad. Rashad. Everything about this script, I think, works. Keith, I'm not good. Like, I put Keith effing David has entered the, the chat when he comes in. Mm -hmm. To a performer, I loved every performance in this movie. All four of the the main the the actors of the uh, the the friend group we haven't talked about them. Jason Weaver to that me is the secret. He is the secret weapon of the film. He is the secret sauce. And in this why movie. doesn't Jason Weaver work more? Jason yes. Weaver is unsung. Jason Weaver is fantastic yeah. in this. Ti for this to be an er is this his is this first. You completely understand how T and we've talked about T.I. before mm -hmm. with rappers who've become actors. And to my mind, I think Will Smith and LL Cool J and Most Def are actually actors. Yeah. Who, you know, like they actually are polymaths. Like mm -hmm. they they are MCs, but then they are also actors. Mm -hmm. And then you got these dudes as like, okay, I see this is your secondary gig. Mm -hmm. And of those MCs and singers that is their second Latif. I'll put Latif in there with LL and, and Will Smith. Guys. Right. Mm -hmm. T.I. is fantastic. Yeah, and I great. thought the decision to hang it on T.I. because in, in, that, mm -hmm. in that first montage that I'm talking about, you have the voiceover mm -hmm. with T.I. Right. and I actually there put in my notes, I was like, okay, we, we, we putting all our chips on T.I., much like we talked about a few weeks ago with something like Idlewild, mm -hmm. where they put all their chips on um, Andre 3000. They put right. all their chips on T.I., and it works out great. Lauren London has not done a lot of work, but you completely understand how New New is this iconic figure for a whole like for for like we're near long dudes mm -hmm. like we're near long because that's that's our age group but there's a whole generation of young men that new new is it mm -hmm. and you like lauren london it like she kills new new as this sweet spicy sexy other words that begin with s woman <laughs> that you completely get where she sits in this in this ecosystem keith david you know look was this is our second keith david in a row but keith david comes up again and again and again keith david is just a force of nature mm -hmm. he's yeah. just a force of nature but the thing that i love about keith david as opposed to something like Barbershop, where I think, you know, I think he's great in Barbershop, but I think he modulates himself better in this mm -hmm. oh, yeah. than yeah. in Barbershop. Like we talked about in Barbershop, gravity 
comes towards him when he walks on the screen. But, you know, Keith David is acting with against Lauren London, who, you know, again, I like Lauren London, but she ain't Keith David. And and in that scene with Lynette McKee, who mm-hmm. we said, you know, she's in one scene, but Keith David just fits so organically into this world with um I forgot the actor's name that played Esquire. It's on top of my Jack- head. Jackie Long. Jackie Long. I like him. I, I like, like him too. Yeah. I was surprised because I've seen it before, but you know how you watch it and you don't really pay attention mm-hmm. to it. I was really impressed with how good this film was like like just how how general like this is a like on a scale of one to friday like if friday is the apex of these movies this is like a strong eight close to a nine like i like this is a strong movie in that genre so i yeah i just i just really 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 enjoyed this wow um well, that that's very high praise. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you though, this is better than Friday. Cause, wow! Because Friday, well, primarily because Friday is first and foremost never le- leaves the boundaries of it being a comedy mm-hmm. and an, a a slightly over the top comedy. It knows what it is. It has a little bit of like reality in there, but it is very much a comedy. I mean. Friday is very much like the the stepchild of the black exploitation comedies of the seventies mm-hmm. in, in a degree. ATL is actually a slice of life movie. Mm-hmm. Everything in here, like you talk about Keith David, how real he comes off in here and how modulated he is. It's because he's real in here and he knows it. You know, he's a, he's a cartoon to a degree in Barbershop. Right. In this, he is a father. He is a father who, for whatever reason, and we all know guys of a certain age, especially once you get to a certain status, and you maybe put blinders on to how you got there to a degree, and now you you want to just move forward. Everything is moving forward, especially with your kids, because you don't want them to have to go through what you went through. And that's and that's that's Keith David in here. And I think it's you you uh, shout out Jackie Long as Esquire, I think it is, you know, amazing that that young man is able to stand toe to toe with Keith David in multiple scenes. Yes. You know, scenes where he is kind of friendly with Keith David as character and scenes where he has to, you know, get at Keith David and he doesn't back down at all, you know, and, and it, that just makes the, one, the tension of those scenes just feel that much more real. And again, here goes that word authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, and is what elevates this movie above because I think it's smart that this film, which easily could be roped into the likes of boys in the hood or menace to society mm-hmm. or and films like that, but it totally takes a difference. Um, where there is violence, the violence is at the camera. You don't see mm-hmm. punches connecting right. with people. You know, at most you see somebody get pushed down to the ground and then they come up with the blood. But you don't see the blood being, you know, coming out in a, in a spurt, right? Um, it's smart like that. And the there is no romanticizing or no glorification of any mm-hmm. of the violence that mm-hmm. is in this mo- in this movie. And to to what you said, Toya. 
you when you see the four friends, how many of us, you know, are coded to watch this movie? All right. Which one of right, you right. is going it, to right? Who's the sacrifice? Who's the sacrificial lamb? <laughs> right, you know? yeah. And and a lot of times it would have been either Brooklyn or Teddy, you know, right, the Jackie right. Weaver yeah. character. Uh, right, right. But it, it doesn't happen. Then they do the happen. slow walk at the end, showing them in happier times. Right, right, mm-hmm. exactly. As, as as it fades off, mm-hmm. um, we we saw a little bit of this when we reviewed for another podcast, Charm City Kings. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a little bit of that. Um, you talk about the sense of place. I love the scene. There's another scene that I loved in here where Ant and Rashad, you know, get at each other because Rashad gets at Ant because he's he's out there, you know, like uh, hustling for Big Boy's character, mm-hmm. right? And and you 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 see him punching. You don't see the punches connect, but you see he's like you know he's getting at his little brother, and you know the uncle comes and and breaks it up. You'll get in your room, whatever, whatever. And I love the next morning. There's still tension, but they're sitting there. They're watching good times. Uh, the quote is, we never discussed our problems. We just watched good times. We just watched good times. I thought that was such yeah. a great line. And it, But it's yeah. real, though. Yeah. It's real because in watching the good times and as they pass, you know, like, I think it's like like peanuts or cashews between mm-hmm. them, one another. There, there's no malice Right. Between them, it, it's it's this is you know they they're still living. They still got to get through the next day. I don't think we said I don't want to lose him. Evan, Evan Ross, Ross is fantastic. Yes, too. Evan Ross is the and I really like Evan Ross, and and he's another one. I feel like it seemed like he was starting to have a career, and now mm. you don't see him as much. Yeah, that's true. He does music. Okay. He's married and uh, right to yeah, married and his kids. And well, right, I want him to act because I like his acting. Yeah. He was I brilliant like he was and pride. Yeah, I was about to say he was in something. He was yeah. brilliant in Pride, like absolute with uh, Terrence Howard. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he kind of feels the same way in this character, right? Because okay, Evan Ross is the son of the iconic Diana Ross, uh-huh. mm-hmm. so you know that this is not how he grew up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. You understand right. what I'm saying? He he grew up very privileged, and he comes into this, and he. He totally embodies this young teen who's trying to figure out who mm-hmm. he is, mm-hmm. who he wants to be, and how many young teens, young males are like, I don't know if I want to want to work this nine to five or this job. I want my money right now. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's mm-hmm. this this identity struggle that he's going through. Where Rashad kind of knows who he is. Mm-hmm. Evan Ross's character Ant is still trying to figure it out. And he, com- you forget, to me, a great actor is an actor where you forget who he is in real life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who she is in real life. Um, which is why, no disrespect, but I, I, anytime I see Holly Berry, I just see Holly Berry. That's exactly who I thought of when you said okay. that. Okay. Yeah. Like, I see so, Holly Berry all the way through. I love Holly Berry, but when I see her act, mm-hmm. I always remember it's her. Mm-hmm. When I see Evan Ross act, I forget it's Evan Ross. Mm-hmm. He's just the character. Yeah. And, and I think he got that from his mother because I think his mother really could have had a more profound acting career. Yeah. So uh, Evan Ross was recently seen in the United States versus Billie Holiday. Um, oh, and he had seen that. And he had prominent roles in the, the Hunger Games, Mock- Mockingjay, part one and two. Well, I don't remember him in that. Yeah, he was, uh, I quietly rock with the Hunger Games movies. Mesala. 
in 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 those mm. films. And maybe he was that good in it that you maybe just he forgot. Was a, he was, you forgot. He's got this wonderful vulnerability mm-hmm. in this. Like like yeah. like again, it's it's you know the best movies have this synthesis of all the different parts. Mm-hmm. Like it's that wonderful line where Rashad says, "I call him Jelly Bean." Cause he's hard on the outside, mm. but then, you know, it's that soft middle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's such an evocative image mm-hmm. and, you know, and the jelly bean is like garish and sweet and, you know, I think the mark of like, for me, a great performance is it, does it evoke some sort of emotion for like, am I angry at this, <laughs> at this character? You know what I mean? And so he made me so angry mm. that, and I think that's what made me think he was, he was so good in it. Because I was like, this punk, like, why would you? <laughs> and I, there was things that I had to remember in this movie, like, okay, these are kids. You know, this is not an adult trying to make adult decisions. These are kids. Um, and I, oh, I just wanted to fight him. And that's when I, when I said I wanted to fight mm-hmm. him, that's when I knew he did a really good job. Look, as the father of a teenage girl, the f- argument between Keith David and Nunu. And there's a moment where they're, it's not back and forth. It's yeah. maybe one back and forth. And and Keith David stops and says, I don't have to explain myself to you. Mm-hmm. And I was right. And it's like, oh, that's that's dad's like, that's it. Right. Like that is some dad stuff. Oh, the, yeah. Like the dad stuff is when she snapped at her mom and Keith David said, keep talking to your mother like that and your lips will beat you to the hospital. <laughs> Look. Yes. Listen, that was my dad. Right. I saw like, that in the mock turtleneck and everything. Right. <laughs> It's like dag on. Like he real. got out that car. That was real. And walked into Cascade. Mm. That was mm. real. With authority. And again, the direction. With his cross trainers. I was about to say, they don't <laughs> oh, show yeah. his face. They don't even show his body. Nope. That's somebody. Oh, you know dad. who it is. He got them dad sneakers on. Somebody's dad. He got out that car. It's like this is serious business. And the twins said, "Is he married to your mama?" <laughs> no, he said, "Is he your mama's son?" <laughs> The twins were fantastic. They were fantastic. The twins were fantastic. They they, they actually were. Can really can cool. can we also discuss some of the choices that I'm assuming the director made in shooting the film? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, the scene where Anne is sitting sitting in the classroom and there's no air conditioning on. Yeah, it's yeah. a great scene. The the camera zooms in on the sweat above the mm-hmm. teacher's lip, and you're. Mm-hmm. It's Georgia, so you're automatically like, I can actually feel, I'm hot myself. It's wintertime, mm-hmm. and I'm hot. Or mm-hmm. the scene uh, in Cascade when the drop of water hits the floor, mm-hmm. yes. and they all, and it's <gasps> slow mo. Oh all man, fall, and you feel like I know what this feels like. Mm-hmm. Or, or the scene where Tanya, who was chasing after Ti, just simply for the fact that Ti didn't want her anymore. <laughs> How when she saw him with Nunu, they put the green light over her. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. these are choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, because I'm I'm sure that that probably wasn't written in a script, but these were choices yeah. that helped you connect with the plot and the feelings mm-hmm. of each character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did an excellent it's job with that. Yeah, storytelling shorthand. Yeah. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're doing it, and and again, the, I read some reviews where people said that there were some like cliche moments in this in this film and there are some cliches things that are set up but they don't play out like that no they don't because speaking to the tanya character in any other hands that goes left Mm -hmm. you know what i mean there's Mm -hmm. some big 
there's some big play, some mm-hmm. big scene that happens, right? And that is never allowed to fester. Also, this film, I think, is very, you know, different in that from the very beginning, you are, T.I. says, look, it's over between me and you. Whatever happened, we're not, we're not really privy to whatever mm-hmm. happened. Right. But whatever happened, it's over. And he never steps back away from that at all. Yeah. Yet he is never disrespectful mm-hmm. to her. No. She's, he's dismissive of her mm-hmm. because she is so insistent, but he's never disrespectful to her. He doesn't call her out of her name or mm-hmm. anything like that. You know, the, the girls call each other tricks, but mm-hmm. you know, that's, mm-hmm. I, I think that's a work, term of endearment between some yeah. women. I don't understand because they seem to throw it around a lot. I don't understand. It, it's not me. I didn't tricks? like script. <laughs> they're for kids. So, wow. But. <laughs> But th- th- I I appreciated that because th- that easily could have gone that easily could have gone a different way. It didn't go a different way. Right. Toya centers. Yes, and, I know. Uh, I love Big Boy. <laughs> yeah. I love Big Boy. <laughs> this was the Big Boy we've been waiting I, for. I yes! loved Big Boy, and I loved his character, and I love. You know why? Because a little bit of Big Boy goes a long way too. But also, I love a character that I'm not 100 percent sure what he's going to do. Okay. Mm. Like the scene at the end, I was, if Rashad hadn't shown up, mm-hmm. I'm not 100% sure he was going to kill Ant. I don't think he was going to kill him either. I think he, I think he would have. But I think there's a possibility he could have killed Ant. That's my point. Like, I don't like, what are the, like, what you know? Was there a fifty percent chance? Was there a forty yeah, percent yeah, yeah, chance? Yeah. Was there a seventy percent chance? There was definitely chance? ambiguity there. I love that. I love that about this character. Mm-hmm. And he's so kind of jovial and he's funny. Mm-hmm. But there's never a moment where you don't understand. This is the apex predator, right? Well, that's because that's because he is written at the height of his intelligence. He's not mm-hmm. written as like some mm-hmm. just straight thug. Yeah. do you know what i'm saying um so that is just another level of just um you know uh, uh quality writing that is in this film and we gave props to antoine fisher f- who wrote the story mm-hmm. let's give props to the person who uh, fleshed it out into the screenplay which was tina gordon chisholm right uh, um so let's you know who i think also wrote the screenplay to drumline which is kind of the connective mm. tissue with Jason Weaver mm. and, 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 you know, and, and Dallas Austin, and Dallas Austin producer, is a producer. So, so and another film that, you know, is very authentic. Look, yeah. I was going to say, we've, we haven't done drumline yet, but I love drumline. Mm. I actually enjoy it. There's another oh, film that dang. snuck up on me. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Yeah. I'm, am I liking Nick right. Cannon? Well, and not only that, here? not only snuck up on you, but much like this film from 2006, I think it snuck up on how resident it remains. Yeah. That's true. Like That's true. 10, you know, 15, almost 20 years later, it still holds up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that's something about this where, you you know, at least I'll speak for myself. I always forget how much I like a- ATL. It's fun. but I'm surprised we've gone this far, this long, and we haven't brought up just the sheer joy of the skating ring sense. Yeah. Oh my god, it was so much fun. And yeah. Cascade is is an important part of Atlanta culture. Yes. Mm-hmm. So when you hear Jermaine Dupree talking about it, um, 
you hear different Southern artists talk about we hang out at the Cascade. And I don't know if you've ever been to like a a roller skating rink in full swing when the groups come out. Like oh, I, yes, I, I in college, I used to go to one in Delaware and the sheer force of the wind as the men mm-hmm. skated by you, you know, it's together. So yeah. Mm-hmm. In rhythm. And, and when they and, jump in that boom. Right. It's, no yeah. it's no joke. Right. And, and, yeah. and again, again, it takes the focus off of this image that black young men spend their time shooting each other. Yes. And yet we know that this was true. This isn't like somebody said, well, they don't really do that. Yeah, they really do. Yeah, like imagine yeah. a world mm-hmm. where no, this actually happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Right, right, right. And what I appreciate about this, and, and again, I'm going to reference a film that me and Vince recently reviewed, Charm City Kings, um, which talks about like this, um, what's it like, the, like motorcycle. Right, right. Mm-hmm. The motorcycle, the, the, the dirt, the, you know, the 12 o'clock boys. Right. The 12 o'clock boys. And, and um, that film, and it's cool and it's a culture in, in, in and of itself, right? But by virtue of how they, take over like this neighborhood for the for this event there is a touch of the lawlessness in there in that film mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and in here this is not lawlessness this is just a celebration of just being alive just being joyful just being in the moment it is a celebration of brotherhood mm-hmm. in these in these groups um, a couple of the groups who are mixed race groups as well, mm-hmm. you know, just having fun on the skating ring is a, a celebration of sisterhood. The sisters getting getting along outside of the Tanya, you know, new new thing. There's really no butting of heads right. of, no. of, of, between sisters or, or, or any of the guys. Um, it's it and it's and it's beautiful. In again, here's that word: is authenticity as well and in its exactness in how it just gives another side to you know Atlanta another side to hip hop mm. like this should this should be like when they herald hip hop films this should rightfully rightfully be at the top because the soundtrack is redunk on yes. this joint yeah. Yeah. I found myself like yo I am really I am grooving to everything that mm-hmm. is playing on this movie every everything is so spot on yeah. on this movie oh my god i really really just... thank you nikki yeah can i bring the room down for a second can i bring the room down oh, for a second somebody has to so i'm glad it's not me <laughs> the last <laughs> note that i wrote of my notes at the end where it flash forwards three months right and Rashad tells you where everyone ends up mm-hmm. and everyone lands in a good place. And mm-hmm. the last line that I wrote is fantasy ending, but I'll take it because I, you know, like basically everyone gets away and I was happy with it. And I am. Happy. Mm-hmm. But then I start thinking, unfortunately. Okay. <sighs> There's a film called Half Plenty. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! That that at the end is a film Chris Sherratt made it made it's a, it's a mm-hmm. you know it's an indie film then he sold it to LaFace Film in and, and mm-hmm. there's this wonderful tacked on ending 
where you know like the the end of the film is kind of ambiguous and kind of you know you know and then the tacked on ending picks up like a a couple of years later and and babyface playing a version of himself basically says we could buy the film but it needs a happy ending and then it's a happy ending where they sell the film and he gets the girl there is an oscar michelle film called body and soul Mm, we reviewed that which also ends real crazy but the censors and everyone said okay you can't just end it like that so then come to find out that everything that you saw that was crazy was a dream and it also has a happy ending there is a part of me that cannot shake the image of Rashad telling everybody's fate. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he went to Kyle, he went to Kyle, he got the, you know, the mm-hmm. recommendation and now Ant's in school and he got a job and now he's, you know, a manager and I got a cartoon in the paper mm-hmm. and she went to Spelman and everybody's super happy. And then it shifts and you see him drawing the cartoon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that represents everything that he just said mm-hmm. and there's a little part of me that wonders if that's actually how the story ends or was that Richard doing the cartoon version of it in the actual paper because everything does end very nice and neat wait a minute I'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to understand what you're saying here what i'm saying is there's a part of me that thinks that 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 whole part from three months later mm-hmm. where rashad tells you where everybody ended up mm-hmm. didn't actually happen that's just part of his cartoon that he has in the newspaper oh okay all right wow okay i don't think that's that's the case okay i think that it's i think it is um like everybody has a happy ending, but like Ant don't owe it, Big it, Boy no money no more, and no, now he's uh, in no, school. No, no, and- no, no, because, because here's the thing. Here's the thing you have to remember. One, I like it because everything that happens is more or less realistic, mm-hmm. right? Um, that that Esquire's getting in Keith David's chest a little bit, and then him seeing how things play out gets him to you know send a letter of recommendation so that esquire rightfully on his merits because we're told he has the grades to get there gets to the school that he wants to get to yes so i can believe that so that that's believable yeah that's believable that 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 also in turn allows keith david to remember his roots a little bit Mm -hmm. and allow his daughter to go to spellman okay that's believable okay, so, as well. So you got the recommendation and Spellman. Right. And Ant. Ant, we're told, is doing better in school. We didn't we're not told that he's now an honor student mm-hmm. or anything. He's now just he's straightened just, out. He's just straightened out. Okay. Which so that sounds believable. Okay, so as and well. and okay, mm-hmm. and it's okay. okay. It's, now we're told that the uncle a lot of conjunctions here. That we're told the uncle got tired of doing mm-hmm. like the little you know <laughs> that was we- funny website thing <laughs> right 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 thoughts that he was entertaining and right. then went to went to church found a nice girl uh-huh. in church got himself a, a woman right, right. that happened okay mm-hmm. and a lot of ands okay but, a lot but, of ands well it's three months I'm later just, really, a lot of ands realistic happened. 
realistic ants. These are realistic ants. All right. Ends. Go ahead. If, if these ants happen, you know, the next uh, Sunday, uh, I'd be uh, with you. But right, this is three right, months right, later. Right. Brooklyn got a job. Now Brooklyn he's a manager. Brooklyn got a job. He's a manager. Okay. Uh, that was okay. so cute. Which is yeah. three months later. All right. So, so you know. So, so, so And he's a manager. Okay. okay. So so it's, it's, it's reasonable to see that right, in three and, months, he becomes like a manager. Uh, okay. And, and now, here's the, the little bit of a leap I'll give you. The leap is a little bit that in three months, he's able to get a cartoon that is presumably in the newspaper. Right. Yeah. That's unrealistic, even in odds. It's also unrealistic. It's realistic in three months that Jason Weaver graduated from high school and got his own grills. At 21? Shop. No, he was finally. He was He was a professional <laughs> student for like three, four years. Yeah. And, and just because he, he said he opened up its own spot, he ain't say like he got like license over. Right, 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 right. You know, right. he got a spot. Right. Where, he got a spot where he's doing grills. Right, he's an independent dog. contractor. You know, he ain't got, he yeah. got a spot in the mall. Right. It could have been in the back of a barbershop. He didn't open grills are us. Yeah, exactly. Next to like Orange Julius. Nah, nah, nah. But I, th- I think I think when you go back and you look at the end for Ti, the film doesn't show Ti talking about or his character Rashad talking about his dreams, and so at the end he realizes he says, "You know, I realized I was dreaming all along because that mm. that part where where Lauren London's character, where Nunu finds his drawings and says, "You're good," is that moment where he didn't even realize it. There's a part where Lauren London says. I wish you could see what I see. Yeah, yeah. it's a great. Okay, line. so there are these little moments to let you know that Ti, he was focused on being responsible. He was focused on taking care of his brother. The the point where he takes because he this, said that's what he's this, supposed to do. Right, this knot of cash that he had been saving, and mm-hmm. and I'll give it to you so you can get out of here or whatever the case may be. There's this moment at the end where he realizes I too didn't realize that I had a dream, and I had these giftings that are now playing out the fact that everything ends positively i think we're so used to some tragedy happening at the end Mm -hmm. that we are shaken when we see that everything doesn't have to end up with at least one person dying right why why is that a challenge for us and the other thing you have to remember Mm -hmm. vince to her point is that when T.I. does confront Big Boy, mm-hmm. while he does it disrespectfully, he does throw his money at him. So right, right. So, so Big so Boy he got off a shot. Got, but, but Big Boy actually. Then he did, picked up so, his money. So the debt has been settled. <laughs> right. The debt has been settled. Okay. All right. I'm not going to fight you that much. I like a happy ending. But it it has it has been sort of tickling the back of my mind. I was mind surprised. I was like, afternoon. so he's not paralyzed? Like, I was waiting for some sort of, like, heavy traumatic mm-hmm. Because we're used to like a a million dollar baby moment. No, not that bad. Okay, we're used to that menace to society, boys from the hood, some tragedy, and what it shows is that in the hood, there you can still find joy, Mm -hmm. and you still dream, and you still can achieve, and everybody that was. Growing up in the hood, they weren't all trying to cross over to the other side of the tracks. I mean, Jackie Long's character was, mm-hmm. but there was a celebration of the hood, mm-hmm. right? You mm-hmm. don't you don't get the feeling that it's 
this horrible place because you find joy mm-hmm. in, in, in the swimming pool and the roller skating. Yeah. And and it really took it really took Keith's Keith David's character to reflect like I am who I am because of where I grew up. Mm-hmm. If you really think about mm-hmm. it, the fact that I am a shrewd businessman and all that starts where I grew up. <laughs> and scary as hell. Oh gosh. Shout out to Jackie Long who um in uh real real Oh, the real Hollywood husbands. When they kept making jokes. Yeah. But you know, you've only really been in like one movie. <gasps> that yeah. is him. Yeah, oh yeah. It's Jack Long. However, I shout out to him who played in several episodes of the spinoff of Power, Ghost. It's your jam, yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Good for him. He's getting a check, y'all. Amen. Amen. So it. so Nikki, would you recommend that people watch ATL? I would, if you want a feel good story, and if you want to see us shown in a different way, mm-hmm. and something that is believable and and inspirational, um, and you don't feel like you need to drink malt liquor afterwards, like mm-hmm. I do after set it off, um, <laughs> or watch cartoons immediately, yeah, thereafter. or watch cartoons immediately, yeah, right. Yes, I would definitely say watch ATL, and you'll probably want to take a trip to the Waffle House afterwards. What about you, Toya? I was actually thinking about this because I knew I was going to be asked this. Um, I would recommend it based on what someone's tastes are. Meaning, it's not one of those movies, it's weird, it's not like Coming to America where I'm like, mm-hmm. everybody should see Coming to America. You know what I mean? Like, it's not one of those movies. But based on what someone's like, like if you like Drumline, if you like those type of movies, Yes. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It's not like yeah. an overall, right. like, this is great for everyone, and I think everyone should see it. Like, you might get it, you might not. Like, but it's good. It doesn't take away from the fact that I think it's good. Mm-hmm. But I would just recommend it based on someone's taste. Well, uh, I, w- I will say that um, I would recommend this. Mm-hmm. And I would recommend this to fans of drumline mm-hmm. i would recommend this to fans of like you know your whatever your typical hip-hop movie is mm-hmm. i would recommend this to fans of coming to america mm-hmm. because i do think that this is another piece of america that is being celebrated here mm-hmm. and it's being celebrated in all its vitality mm-hmm. from the very opening of the film to the end of the film um and i think it's a a joyful um time um i think it's a a lesson there's a lesson for um for families to dig into if if they want to pull out of this film especially in the scenes of brotherhood and and the in the scenes of this 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 family of men of these two boys and their Mm -hmm. uncle you know, um, and their uncle's reality that he kind of like gives them about his reality, his truth. Yeah. Um, and he, I, I think this is, uh, there is a lot to be garnered for, for an entire family from the ATL. I am extremely happy before we had, we had to get together a few weeks ago where we watched this and that was actually my first time watching it. Okay. And 
I enjoyed the hell out of it. I enjoyed it even more watching it again today. Mm-hmm. Um, this was really, really a good, a good time at the theater. And I can only wish for more people to see it. Oh, absolutely. Four for four. And, and I'll, I'll just focus just on the quality. Mm-hmm. Great directing, great story, great acting. Mm-hmm. Like this is just a, you know, this is, dare I say, a great movie. So, absolutely. If if you like great movies, there, there you, you should go. watch this. There absolutely. Go. There you go. All right. We got to do Drumline. I think Drumline might have, have to, to be in the, in the in the march. Yeah. And no wonder you like the new edition story. Well, why do you say that? Because the uh, the director of this, Chris Robinson, actually worked on the new edition story. Because the new edition story is very good. Jason Weaver is in the Jacksons in a, uh, an American family, though. I just wanted to see what it does. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny what it is. It was so sad, but it was so funny. It's older, Michael, but my absolute favorite scene is is that moment that that's that scene where Jermaine leaves and they perform for the the first time yeah, yeah. and the actor who plays Michael Jack how am I going to do it? Jermaine's always on my left how am I going to perform if Jermaine's not on my left and then they're singing never can say goodbye and yeah. he looks to his left and it's Randy and then it's a split scene and it's Jermaine in a velour sweatsuit walking barefoot on a beach because he's not in the family group anymore how am I going to perform? Jermaine's always on my left. If Jermaine's not on my left, how can I perform? I cannot. So many moments. Oh, boy. So many moments. Oh, ho, ho. Angela Bassett said, I heard you. I heard you. <laughs> and then she did the Catherine Hobble. She said, I heard her. I heard her. He said, uh, go get me some ice cream. Because he was, he Katie? was, he, Katie, he was Katie? real casual. He had his arm up. Oh, go get me some ice cream. You know, some butter pecan. And then she dipped out, but then she dipped Ooh. back. And she said, I heard her. I heard her. And then she did the hobble. All right. Before we get into what we're going to do. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Reviewing next week. Um, I want to thank Nikki Wright, Toya Haynes. Yes. Unsung Unwrap and the new podcast, the after show after party coming your way to a podcast catcher this fall, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, yes, yes. Looking forward to that. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you for inviting us. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. As always. This was a great time. This is a great time. Um, Before we tell you what we're going to be watching next week here on the Michelle Mission, I invite you to Email us all of your thoughts and concerns, ladies and gentlemen. You can email us at mission at gmail.com. That's M-I-C-H-E-A-U-X-M-I-S-S-I-O-N. You can also go to our website, michomission.com. Two men, one podcast, every black film ever made, where you can hit swag and check out all the cool designs that we have for your buying pleasure by way of our good friends at T Public. Like and follow us on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Subscribe to the Michelle Mission on YouTube at Michelle Mission, which is a proud member of the Podglomerate, thepodglomerate.com. We make podcasts work. All right, next week on the Michelle Mission, ladies and gentlemen, well, we did Penitentiary 1, and then we did Barbershop, and then we had to get back into the penitentiary. And now, after this brief 
trip down to the ATL. We're going to head back to the sunny confines of Chicago for Barbershop 2. All right. Back in business. Yes. Yes. We're going to have a good time next week, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. I promise you, because I like this movie. Oh, spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> so we might as well just skip to September. <laughs> <laughs> so Barbershop 2 next week here on the Michelle Mission. Uh, until then, ladies and gentlemen, he's Vince. I'm Len. And in parting, we say. We'll see you when it's time to meet again. 